Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. At Keystone, we believe exceptional organizations don't just happen. They are built by focused leaders that recognize their authentic leadership superpowers. Join us for a serious dose of inspiration. Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. I'm Rana DeBoer, Chief Impact Officer with Keystone Group International. And today we're going to talk about the impact of leading out of a pandemic and leading with conviction through growth and the evolution of business and people today. You are going to pick up a bunch of great empowering thoughts and pearls of wisdom from this conversation with Abby Vanderwerf, Vice President of Employee Benefits at Marsh McLennan Agency in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Abby is a friend and colleague of mine and a truly rock star human being with some rock solid leadership philosophy that stands the test of time. So listen in and get ready to be energized by this great conversation. Okay, Abby, tell us your story. Where are you today and how did you get here? Yeah, I think um, like a lot of people, it isn't this beautiful story to where I am at today. There's been a lot of bumps in the road, but um, you know, I'm the vice president of employee benefits for the Dakota's office for Marshall McLennan Agency. Uh, so Sioux Falls and Fargo fall under my territory. I have been with the agency for a little over 13 years. I've done a little bit of everything since I have been here. So that's been a fun journey. And I've been in my role as the vice president since about 2017. So I think, you know, a lot of people are like insurance. Uh, you know, I, I know this old guy from my hometown that does insurance and uh, they have this complete picture of what it is in their head. Um, and, you know, I came in from hum human resources before this. So that's what I was doing. And uh, I came in thinking, okay, we'll give this a whirl and see how it goes. And what you quickly find is that it's, it's not as boring as one would actually think it is. It's an incredibly dynamic industry that is constantly changing, which I think really speaks a lot to who I am. Um, I like that, you know, growth mindset type of attitude where you can constantly learn something new. If you raise your hand, there's a new opportunity. And so I think that's a little bit of my journey of where I got to where I am today is just uh, you know, having such a great company like MMA that believes in me, um, but is a company that I also completely support and appreciate uh, the resources that they've poured into me since I've been here. So that leadership journey isn't just the straight linear rocket ship line up the channel. You mean it's like messy with all these peaks and valleys and more valleys and yeah. And I think even you get there and you still have the valleys, right? So you're, you're like, am I qualified to even do this job some days? Um, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Maybe I'm the only one crazy enough to do some of this stuff. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, 
if you think about it though, really the peaks and valleys in the journey are what give you the scars and either make you go, I want to do that differently, or I seen something there that makes me change my trajectory or gosh, I really appreciate things the way that they are. And I want to keep moving in that direction. Yeah. Something else you said, and that keeps you going through the peaks and valleys and maybe you think to yourself, okay, maybe I'm not crazy, but you mentioned the purpose of the organization. So tell us how that, how that helped you in your journey and what does that mean for you even in your work today? Yeah, I think, well, first and foremost, I mean, we were a local agency when I started here, Walt McDowell Insurance, acquired by Marsh and McLennan Agency in 2012. And you know, even at, at Legacy Holt McDowell, there were probably two strong things that everybody, at least in this geography, knew incredibly committed to the community. So that was one of the draws that brought me here because, you know, I'm just a little farm girl from Davis, South Dakota. Um, and so I wanted to work for an organization that believed in that and would allow me to be true to my roots. Um, and then I just think the ability to continue to learn and grow. Because like I said, the insurance industry, although you may think it hasn't changed in the last 50 years, I would say it has only changed in the last 50 years. And so them really taking uh, the stance that we want, I mean, at the end of the day, we serve clients, right? Like a lot of customer service industries. Mm -hmm. We want our people to be their best when they're showing up for our clients. Mm -hmm. And really at the end of the day, the insurance is the product, but ours is all about the intellectual capital. Mm -hmm. And so how are we bringing our best selves to work every single day? Um, and how does that align with you know, what, what your capabilities and your strengths are? So strength-based all the way, and you're kind of matching this character and competence piece together in, in the ability to be able to perform and serve really well. I love that. Love that. You also said showing up. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, I think it means different things to different people. We've really embarked on a kind of thought process this year for our employees coming off of two years of probably what some people would describe as the worst thing that they're ever going to live through in many different ways. But what we've really tried to focus on is communication, culture, um, and personalization, because your journey is much different than mine, which is much different than the next person. So to me, showing up is, is, two, is a two-way street. How is the organization showing up for Abby at the spot that she's in today? her needs are going to be different than someone else's, or maybe she doesn't have needs today. Maybe her need is to go help someone else fulfill theirs um, and vice versa. How is the employee showing up today? What are all the other things that are going on in their personal lives that are impacting what they're bringing to the table? And how do you recognize that and either help them overcome that or help them get past that? Well said, well said. Um, I appreciate the theme to the culture. So do you guys do that typically where you've got, okay, this is the strategic pillars and direction for our business strategy. And then these are the strategic kind of pillars in our culture that we need to focus on. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yeah. And I think that's even evolved over the years. I'm sure like many other organizations, uh, you know, we had a tagline for a while that 
it, we're there for our clients in the moments that matter, which if you think about it, that's what insurance is. Whether you get in a car accident and you have to call AAA or whether you have a surgery and you need to understand how some kind of claim is processing, we're truly there in the moments where it's it could be a big deal to people. Um, but I think even more outside of that is how do you make employees feel connected and loyal to an organization, um, even more so now with the great resignation? But I think we kind of embarked on this journey of trying to define what culture was for us. And we, like a lot of other people thought, oh gosh, free food Fridays and bring your pet to work day and all these feel good, wonderful things. Um, and I use it as a, I use it as a diet analogy, you know, like you really want to lose 20 pounds, but you get to the 20 and then you kind of go back to 15 because that's really what's sustainable. I think culture is a little bit like that. You can push one thing, but you really have to recognize what the undercurrents are and meet people where they're at. Speaking of showing up, showing up also means we've got these superpowers that show up for us. So superpower sounds a little silly. Maybe it's a little funny, but our strengths and our unique abilities really are superpowers for us as a leader. And they help us do and be our best and help our teams be the best. And honestly, I'm a big fan of Wonder Woman. So I like to think of myself as Wonder Woman maybe some days to get through it, right? <clears throat> but tell us about your superpowers? What makes you successful and how do you use them each day? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, if I could have any superpower that I wanted, I really have always said that I wanted to be invisible for all those times that you're like, I wish I was a fly on the wall in that conversation. So isn't that so true? Yes. It would be so much fun, but you know, it's funny when you think about, uh, superpowers, because sometimes I almost feel like what my superpowers are, or sometimes what I wish they weren't. Right. So I'm, I, I feel like, you know, maybe this even is going to sound a little bit cliche, but I'm a very empathetic person and I'm almost a little sappy to that point, um, you know, of, of really caring about other people. Um, sure what they think sometimes, but a lot about what are they experiencing and what are they going through? And a lot of times putting myself in their shoes. So, um, I love saying there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. Um, and so really just trying to look at all different perspectives. And then I think the other thing for me is what you see is what you get, right? I'm, I'm very authentic we all take these personality profiles. Now I've been through disc, I've been through insights. I've done other ones in my previous roles. And, you know, there's always that, like, you know, what's your kind of innate one. And then how do you show up in public? Mine are usually always screamingly the same with the exception of I'm not very detailed. So it looks like I try to dial that up at work a little bit more. Um, but so I, I think how I try to show up is just, like I said earlier, um, caring about people, right? Especially through all this other stuff is I can't help them if I don't understand. Um, if I can't relate to them, why would they respect me? And so I, I really feel like sometimes that's made me a pushover in certain cases. So I've also had to learn how to balance mm -hmm. the empathy with, you know, being empathetic, knowing that I need to give them this valuable feedback because I'm not doing them any favors. So the empathy is showing up as truth in those situations. So your, your superpowers, I think are also maybe 
how you personally kind of define leadership. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love all that you said, but one thing I want to, I want to call out because I appreciate what you said earlier about communication being this theme or focus that we need to have in our, in our culture. And to me, um, communication is culture. Culture is storytelling. It's it's the stories that we tell ourselves. <laughs> it's the stories that we tell with our teams. Mm-hmm. And man, if you're looking for a quick culture audit, just go listen to the stories that are being told around the office. That's going to tell you, are we, is our culture above the line or below the line? Like, where are we at? What are we focused on? But we're doing a disservice essentially to someone if we don't speak truth and if we don't bring bring the words to the table that we need to talk about, but it's become increasingly hard to face kind of conflict in some ways. I mean, it's a hard gig. Mm -hmm. Society has made it kind of hard. COVID has made it kind of hard. And honestly, I think electronics have made it hard for us too. Yeah. It's easier to send a text or an email than it is to go have a face-to-face with somebody. So these superpowers of empathy and authenticity that's, those are tremendous superpowers, like tremendous superpowers that I think maybe we need to develop more of in the workplace. What would, what would, what would you say to that? Um, I, I love a little bit about what you said is it's harder to do that. Studies show a lot about having a best friend at work, right? If you have a best friend at work, you're more likely to be committed to the organization. You're more likely to find, uh, you know, reward in your work. Um, Here's how I kind of like to think about it. I'm not here to be everybody's best friend, but I do care about everybody. Um, If they know that you care about them, having the feedback conversation is so much easier. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but think about just even your experience with like your own children or your spouse, right? Like you're probably not holding anything back when you're talking to them. They get you in all ways, shapes and forms, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because you know, they're going to forgive you. And if you're an authentic leader and do it from a place of caring versus thinking about the bottom line all the time, they're going to show up for you. And, um, you know, we remodeled in our office recently and I was like, what is some new stuff that I can hang on my walls? I I need to reinvent this space a little bit. And I don't remember what I was reading, but it said, uh, the truth shall set you free, but first it will piss you off. Oh my God. I love it. Yes. It's so true. And I think if you can, you know, really be genuine. You don't have to be, you know, a a B word about it, but if you can be genuine in the feedback, um, even though the sting might hurt a little bit at first, when people think through things, they're usually ready to come back and say, okay, what can I do then to change it? Or how can I move forward? Or maybe this isn't the right gig for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're right. We have to lean in and look at the best in people and, and look for, look for the best in them. Cause I like what you said that they usually come back. They'll, they'll be reflective and they'll come back and they'll be like, yep, I'm going to own that. But the only way that they can do that to your point entirely is if you are empathetic and you are authentic, that's the vehicle that gives you the care and the candor that you need to, to, to keep moving forward, because it isn't about a dig on somebody. It's about, I want you, you can be even better 
you're not your best right now, you can be even better. So where did the empathy and authenticity kind of piece come from? So, you know, kind of the question that I'm looking for is who's the leader you are today? And like, how did you get there? Yeah. And why? Um, I wish I could tell you guys this magical story about how I read a bunch of books and I had all this, you know, life experience, but for me, that that's not it. I, I do definitely think that my life experience has shaped who I am. I don't think anybody would tell you in their own stories that it's different. Um, you know, I was raised in a relatively religious household. Um, I, I truly believe, um, and I've joked about this in the past several months that I think the Bible is the greatest leadership book of all time. And not because it spells out the answers. We generally know what the answers are. It's just that they're very difficult to do sometimes. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm perfect at everything, right? Like there are times where I avoid like the plague because I don't want to have conversations until I'm ready to deal with it. Or maybe until I think the steam has worn off a little bit. Um, But I think just, you know, having that, that faith-based center of my universe, um, I, I truly do believe I've had so many great opportunities to grow here at this organization. And I think there's a lot of organizations that you could say the same thing about, but so then what, what becomes my responsibility is allowing other people to have the same opportunity, whether it is the next generation, whether my kids show up here someday and they want to be a a salesman of insurance at Marsha McLennan agency. um, I feel a responsibility to make sure that people get to have the same type of culture, um, you know, leadership, mentorship poured into them that I have, um, because I feel very fortunate about it. So it reminds me of, you know, the whole philosophy and the books uh, on servant leadership. And, you know, the great John Maxwell, Uh, I'm a huge fan, but it's faith, it's it's having a faith and that faith is whatever that means for you. But it's got the purpose and and it's what keeps us focused and grounded in our character and being just good people. But Mm -hmm. when, when we serve others, uh, that's when we actually grow and, and when we get fulfilled. And so it is a bit of an obligation, I think, to us. This is just me speaking for a moment, but there's a little bit of an obligation, especially in today's world. And I'm sure decades of leaders have said this in different shapes and forms, but we gotta we gotta create the path for the future so that, like you said, that that others that come into your organization or wherever you work have those opportunities to be poured into and have that positive, that positive environment. And so what do leaders need today? What do we need in today's business environment? Yeah, Um, I think a couple of things. Um, Vulnerability. Uh, People, I mean, come on, let's be real. No leader is that much more superior than anybody else. Uh, We've all walked our own journey in some capacity. Some people are just better at certain things than others. That's your God-given gifts. Um, but I think people that can work for individuals that show up as their real selves 
have a different level of appreciation. And then honestly, I think agility, right? I mean, we are absolutely living in um, uncharted times. I wish there was a book for how we should have gone through the last two years. I'll be honest. Um, I kind of lost my mind at one point in time and didn't even know if I was going to make it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't wind up in behavioral health by any stretch of the imagination, but it really made me question what am I doing here? And, uh, what is actually my purpose and how do I move forward from this point? What's important? Yeah. Uh, all of us are experiencing that. It's, it, it's this post-pandemic growth, right? Like they talk about post-traumatic stress. Well, this is post-growth stress, if you will, mm-hmm. where you hit this major pause point. We all have them in our lives, but it's just that we all did it together at the same time. So there's this collective, who am I? What am I doing? What's most meaningful and purposeful in life? And and so I appreciate that, which is why we want to be focused on culture like you are here and why you as a leader are so focused on your own culture, like you are a culture. And what is that energy that you're giving to others? And we just need it to be good. I love that you said energy. Mm. Um, And I don't know if you've ever read the energy bus, but like, it's such a true statement to, it doesn't matter what your culture is. It's what is the energy that the team is bringing every single day and they can make or break it no matter what you want to do as a leader, or no matter how much you pour into thinking that you have this great strategy for what you want your business to look like it's your people and how they show up every single day that kind of builds that for you. It does. So we were talking about showing up earlier, right? So what is the energy that you're showing up with today at the table while we're talking? I mean, even at the gas station and certainly when we go home. So what an opportunity we have as leaders and everyone is a leader. We just, we have more authority and more, a little bit stronger influence in our in our roles as you move up the ladder, but all of that energy is synergistic and it feeds off one another. And how are we creating the conditions in our leadership and in our organizations? Culture is energy. Uh, It is well said. Let's talk a little bit about um, some of those challenges that you're currently facing in your people or your business. You know, share with us a little, a little wisdom. What are you tackling and, and how are you tackling it? Challenges and how are you tackling it? Yeah. So I think not too dissimilar to a lot of organizations, I think burnout Mm. is a huge concern in our organization. And it's not even just burnout from the work, right? Mm -hmm. You just described that we all went through this kind of great awakening to uh, maybe revisit who we are as people. Uh, which is also very daunting at the Mm. same point in time. Self-reflection is some of the most mentally difficult work that we do. My gosh, so true. So I think that's a piece of it. But I also think, yeah, yeah, I mean, we spent a lot of time in our industry um, helping people um, in a very selfless manner and at the expense maybe sometimes of ourselves. And so really trying to focus in on not just always, you know, hiring more people, because I think a lot of people go right to that as a solution, but should we be doing things differently? Is what we're doing today the right thing to keep doing? Um, And then I think with that, it's a continued focus, right, on training and development. Mm -hmm. 
So that's already important to us, but the more you go through it, the more you learn that you're not doing a good job. And so um, truly just even understanding when people are talking about upskilling or pivoting to this technology world that we're living in that I don't know anything about, let's be honest. I mean, one of our data people was talking about putting a bot on the computer to run these reports. And I'm like, that's a thing. Like we can do that. And it's automated and it's great, which hopefully can take some, you know, very monotonous day-to-day work off of our team. Right. But then they got to feel confident that they're ready for the next thing. Yes. So there's this, uh, my colleague, Jed and I are just having some fabulous conversations about the triangle or the synergy of culture, communication, and technology. And is that where we are now? Like, as you were talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what Jen and I have just been talking about is this, this triangle of synergy and that kind of energy, if you will, back to our previous words that, that we have to be thinking about and we're going to need to, t- to tackle. Yeah. We'll even think about what you said earlier about communication and people being on their phones mm-hmm. and constructive feedback, right? And put technology in that bucket. There's no way around it. Um, but how do you use it in a valuable way versus a way that you're hiding from things almost at certain points in time? Yeah. Um, I think, look at our kids, right? Like um, they could run circles around me uh, when it comes to technology. And I feel like I'm relatively tech savvy. So I think that we're gonna have to continue to find ways to integrate that into our overall strategy but that does impact culture. So when half of your team is on a Zoom meeting and the other half is sitting in a room like we're sitting in right now and laughing and having sidebar conversations, you've almost created this divide amongst your people. Yeah, It's like a whole new ball game of uh, the way we play. We're we're building the plane as we're flying it right now. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, how lucky are we? Yes. How lucky are we that we get to build right? If you want to look at a challenge in a positive flip. And I really like what you said earlier too, that the more, you know, the less you realize that, you know, (laughs) so agility is huge. We have to just keep learning and keep being on the fly, which I think circles back to the point about your superpowers of empathy and authenticity and talking about vulnerability to tackle these challenges that you mentioned. If we don't find the human and be like truly comfortable and okay with being human centric. Um, we're not going to be able to keep building the plane while we're flying it. We've, we've just got, we got to figure this out. And I, it's so cheesy to say it, but teamwork makes dream work. But yeah. It's so true. And that connection piece truly connecting. What are you anticipating and forecasting in workplace culture? Um, I think so. As you're talking, you know, just a minute ago, um, that we're building the plane as we are flying it. We use that analogy all the time. I'm a person that really hates to fail, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what makes me show up every single day because I can't just let it drop. But what I've realized and back to the agility and just starting to know yourself, the more experience you have is we are going to fail. So to your point about the authenticity and the vulnerability, communicating to our people that we're, we're trying this hat on for size right now, 
we understand that it might not be the best case scenario, but we have to start somewhere. So come along on this journey with us, I think is huge for everybody right now. And we're going to fail and we're probably going to do it more than once. So can you give us the grace that we need? that you need, that all the people out here need to adjust to a, a truly a different lifestyle. I love it. So we talk a lot at Keystone. It's one of the programs that I'm most passionate about and it's our conscious leadership program, which I hate the word program, but nonetheless, it has all these moving parts and pieces to it, to what you just said. How are we creating psychological safety? How are we being um, both head and heart in our decision-making how are we talking to employees about what you what you just mentioned and how do we accept or not accept failure? But how do you do that? Some days you don't do it well. Mm. Again, back to, I, I can tell you so many stories about freaking out about stuff. Like I literally like almost had like a, a complex about failure. Um, I still don't like it. But I think realizing that it's not going to be the end of the world, right? So like, we're in this canceled culture. We're in this, like you, you can't say the wrong thing at the wrong time, or it's going to make you end up in the news. So I think there's sensitivity to all of those things, but recognizing that mistakes are going to happen. And frankly, if you don't make some, you're probably not trying hard enough. It's like my, my Mm. husband telling my daughter that if you leave a basketball game with all five fouls, you weren't doing your job. Mm. You should be following a little bit and being a little bit Mm. aggressive. Oh, I love that. Not in a rogue way. Right. So, so I think the failure piece is, can you paint the bumpers of what your expectations are and then allow people to fluidly move within those and let them try things, let them fail. Gosh, let us fail, right? Like as a company, um, as a leader, I want to know that I can fail too, because it's going to happen. And then just saying, okay, what do we got to do to fix it when we, when we get on, did anybody die? Right. Did anybody die? Nope. Okay. So we can move on. We're okay. Well, then we're okay. Fowls. We've got to use that. We've got to use that in our training and development. Like that's such a great analogy. But talk about processes and procedures. So you're talking about painting the the bumper lanes. Like as you said that, I was like, oh, bowling. Like when Chase <laughs> yes. was little, and we go bowling. What are the bumper lanes? We have to do a really good job of redefining what success looks like and what failure. Like here, here you've just hit a line where you're going to need help making a decision. You need help making a decision here because there are high stakes decisions that cause epic failures that we can't, we can't have. So that deliberate space at the table as leaders to be able to go, okay, where can we, what can't we, mm-hmm. what are the rules? What are the expectations? And that's, yeah, that accountability and functional charts and yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, uh, policy and procedure is not words in my vocabulary. I'm horrible. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a kind of back to what are your values and beliefs, but this is where I'm going to go back to the communication and the personalization. Yeah. Um, it's more important now more than ever to be talking to your team. You, you can't hit everybody at all times, right? Sure. But you have people that you can trust even within your organization that understand that get it, that kind of even have that feeling of the, what's going to make us go off the cliff versus I need to pull you back and rein you in a little bit. And so honestly, I think that constant communication is, is the critical piece that's going to take us through this next even 12 months, right? Oh, that's beautiful. It is. It's all about 
where are we? How are we? What's going on? Checking in. Because even more so is communication is a tricky thing. I can, I can say something to you and you're going to interpret it completely different, even than maybe what I said, but then let's get into emails and all the other things Mm. that we're doing, text messages, Snapchats, and you have an entirely different level of interpretation. And so painting bumpers doesn't always work exactly how you think it should. And so I, I think just reinforcement of it and refining how you articulate things is a big deal too. I really like that from the standpoint of we are emotional beings. And so even the best bumper lines, our messiness upstairs, if you will, makes those blurry. And we have to articulate and talk things out. That's just, that's just the way we are as humans. Even the biggest introvert needs to be able to talk some things through. And it's through that conversation that you gain clarity. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I thought of while you were, while you were talking. So I also think there's something that we talked about earlier in terms of energy and burnout that we should touch on too. So, you know, like you said, we've been through this incredibly draining emotional thing and it isn't just work. I mean, why is burnout such a popular word? It's not just work. It, it takes a lot of energy and processing just world family work and just keep piling things on. So as we move through you know, like this year and the next couple of years. And you know this from the insurance industry that it's after the incident that it shows up. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to get ready. We need to be prepared. And like you said earlier, what do leaders need today in the business environment? Well, you vulnerability and agility and your values and superpowers of empathy and authenticity. We're gonna need that to be able to help people recover to rejuvenate, how are we as leaders re-energizing? Because if our capacity tank is crap, Mm -hmm. we sure as heck can't give that good energy to our teams. And then having the lookout on how is our team doing and how is the organization? Is there anything you guys are talking about or working on from a system organization culture standpoint? I I feel like it's always a topic of conversation that we don't have great answers for. Yeah. What I do appreciate is, you know, even our, our CEO, Steve, um, early on in the year said, you guys need to take care of yourselves. Like at the beginning of our, our leadership meetings, he's, you know, not Abby, what do you got going on in your department? It's like, okay, what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes it's like sunshine and lollipops. And I want to be all this yellow sunshine and rainbows person. Others I'm having a bad day. And I was like, don't even ask me that question right now. Right. And everybody goes through those. And so I don't think there's a one size fits all approach Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. I think you're right. And I think, you know, I think over the past several years and we use words like strategic and mental health even, but like, what do some of those things actually mean when it comes down to it? Yes, please. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And even like your comment about messiness, like, okay, this is going to be my new favorite word, right? Like I live in messiness. (laughs) I truly live in messiness and I would love to tell a different story, but I don't have one. That is probably an area where I thrive a little bit. Not everybody does. True. But I think what you just described with our, with our people and ourselves is messiness. And that's what we're going to have to get comfortable in, in the next year, two years, five years. Yeah. Yep. Going to have to be uh, comfortable in the messy, definitely vulnerable and comfortable in the messy and keep talking about it. Just keep talking and communicating 
I stay connected. I think one other thing um, that you talk about with uh, leadership responsibility on their shoulders throughout all of this um, is the fact that we take things personally, I think, as leaders a lot of times. Mm -hmm. We can't save everybody and we can't be everybody's hero. And that pains me and kills me as an individual person who's a big sap and wants to like adopt all the puppies at the yeah, pound. Yeah. Um, but I think the reality is, is to your point about self-care, learning how to let go of some of those things at this point in time, because uh, it'll come back around at, at some point in time, it has to. Um, so giving yourself back to my word earlier, a little bit more grace. Grace. So good. Sometimes uh, I'll say to leaders, you can't own that. Release yourself of that burden. You can't own it. it. That kind of reminds me of what you said. And then the grace piece. I really like that too. Extend some grace to yourself. Mm-hmm. Extend some grace to yourself. Abby, given all that we've talked about today, what is the most important message you want you would want to leave with listeners? I feel like we've covered so many things. And I know that we've talked previously before. Um, one of the words that I used was conviction, right? And I think we're going to change as people. Our experiences, even in the next short-term future, are going ex- to change. But if we make decisions for the right reasons and with conviction and live into them, people are going to follow us people are going to feel confident that it is going to be okay. And so I I think that's partly our responsibility. And I think the other piece of our responsibility is to not get way too off the rocker, but to let them see that we have bad days too, right? Because I don't want to live in perfection. I don't think anybody else does. And my biggest comment lately to my team has been perfectionism doesn't exist. So what are we okay with? Hmm. You have to say that one more time. That's so good. Yeah. Perfectionism does not exist. So what are we okay with? Yeah. It's that good to great mentality, right? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And let me just throw a big uh, bomb on the word conviction. That's, that is beautiful wisdom to share. Conviction. Courage and conviction. Thank you for sharing everything that you have. That's an incredible discussion. And to finish it, we're going to hit a little bonus round of a couple fun questions. Yay. You ready? I hope so. All right. <laughs> if you could have a billboard with anything on it, and I mean anything, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I am a huge music person. So like everything that comes into my life, like probably has a soundtrack to it. So if I could have a huge billboard, I'm just envisioning like this gigantic sunshine with all of these like sequins all over it, but it's truly a big speaker on the inside and is just like blasting like happy music all the time. Oh, I love it. What might be the, what, what song? Oh my gosh. Everything I could go anything from, you know, it's like, I'm happy with Pharrell Williams to like, I want to hear some country music to, I might want to listen to some kid rock on my way to work. I don't know. (laughs) I'm down with all of that. I love it. I like the sequence the best to lead. Well, you need to be well, we talked about this. So what's one thing 
that you do consistently to be your own CEO, which is chief energy officer? Yeah, I love this question. For me, I have to get my workouts in or I am a stressed mess. Uh, I can even actually go, you know, like I, I think I'm probably not the only one that has these tension headaches, right? Yeah. Um, if I can go home and ride my Peloton or go for a run on my gravel road, or even just lift some weights or do some yoga, like I'm a completely different person. There's been times in my life where I've let that slide because I'm too busy. And I always come back to it because it works for me. Yep. And you miss it when you don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Like terribly. So, yep. And I'm a five five day a weeker. Mm. And so for me to like vary from that, like I, I kind of like get a little bit down on myself, like, come on, get your stuff back yeah. together. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Even probably moments of withdrawal, you yeah. know, knowing you the way I do, I bet you have little moments <laughs> of withdrawal. So what should have I asked you today, Abby, that I didn't? Uh, oh my gosh. I feel like you asked like so many good questions. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go a little female. On, yeah. on this at this point. Absolutely. Um, what's it been like for me, even just coming up through the ranks being, uh, you know, I'm going to tell the, the, the listeners that I'm a 40 year old yeah. uh, VP and I've been that since 2017. And so a lot of times it's like, are you even smart enough to do this mm. job? Right. Mm. There's so much head trash mm. that you experience on your leadership journey. Mm. So I think that's been one of the biggest eye openers for me mm. of how to overcome some of that. I'm my own worst critic at the end of the day. I am a perfectionist, even though perfectionism doesn't exist. I don't like to fail. Um, And so I've had to figure out ways and not easily, right? Like there are times where I wanted to like jump off the bridge and like go over and, you know, maybe work at McDonald's flipping burgers because it sounded way less stressful. Oh, for sure. But for me, it's back to that faith thing and like, God put me here for a reason. So buck up buttercup and figure out what it is. And if it doesn't work out, what do you got to lose? Well, let's just put a bow on this conversation and call it the best present of the year. Like awesome head trash, suck it up, buttercup. Let's go. We could just make a dictionary of all the, should let's do that. (laughs) Write a book, make millions. Can't thank you enough. Appreciate all that you do in, in your leadership, in the organization, in the community. We've been friends, colleagues for a long time and also country neighbors, if you will. And so you and your family are amazing people. So thanks for sharing your time and your space. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. A highlight of my day. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as we release them. And remember to keep maximizing your unique leadership superpowers. It truly is the key to building success, both in your career and in life.